Welcome to the second segment of Paul Graham Essays, where we build upon the ideas of the essay with our guest. Vivek Joshi is a seasoned entrepreneur and an avid investor who is interested in startups, stock markets, and social change. Long before the e-commerce sector began to flourish, Vivek Joshi, with his background in engineering and management studies, went on to co-found a B2B marketplace called Go for World Business. After a successful twist with enterprise, he has been actively involved in investing and mentoring startups across domains via startup funders. He enjoys working with passionate and motivated entrepreneurs, especially in early stages of an enterprise. He is deeply involved in the social sector and his work with cashrelief.org is remarkably different from most organizations in the development sector. And with a stellar guest like him, we would want to discuss this amazing, amazing essay by Paul Graham called Good and Bad Procrastination. So, without any further procrastination, let's start hearing what Vivek has got to say. Welcome Vivek to Amara Ventures reading of Paul Graham essays. Thank you so much for being a part of this and thank you for being our guest. Before we move ahead with the litany of questions that I have, First and foremost, what I want to know from you is, are you a procrastinator yourself? And if yes, do you believe in good procrastination? Is there something like good procrastination? Well, thanks for inviting me. And it was just chance that this is one of the topics that is very, very close to my heart. And I spent a lot of time thinking about it, reading about it. And there's a question which has always bothered me is that why don't people do what they know is good for them. So I've seen this from various lenses. So I really jumped at the opportunity of, you know, doing this podcast with you. So yes, I'm a procrastinator big time. And uh, my procrastination actually happens at the extremes. Either I procrastinate really small stuff or really big stuff. In the middle, I'm pretty okay. Like if there's a really, really hard problem, so I'll find, like in the essay, it says, you know, that I'll find everything to do, but do that. And small stuff, I think it's good procrastination. You know, I think uh, procrastination you have to do. Nobody can ever get done everything in their lives. So I think whether you call it procrastination, whether you call avoiding, you really need to avoid some stuff in your life to get anything done. So I really, really believe that. And it's a very, very important uh, thing to do. To give you a small example, you know, I'll, I'll tell you like two things which I hate to do but i'm a little fussy about it is taxes and packing when i'm going for a trip so earlier i used to start a lot earlier so as a result i used to spend a lot of time and days deciding you know how to pack or you know in taxes checking this checking that so what i've decided i just leave very little time for it like in packing i almost pack overnight the last night that's it so as a result i spend a lot less time <laughs> worrying about it. and sometimes i pack on the morning of the flight as well Similarly for taxes. So that's called creative procrastination in my term. You just procrastinate so that you don't fuss over it. like, And it's not important. So essentially you leave a very little window yeah. for that procrastinate and that helps you get things done much faster. And it doesn't affect the quality too much. Like it's not, it's not going to kill me, you know, if I don't take, you know, two items which I wanted or whatever. So, so in places where it doesn't matter, you should just put it off till you don't spend too much time over it. Moving ahead on the essay, the first thing that Paul talks of is that uh, 
you know he talks about putting off small stuff and to work on big stuff however in the indian culture or generally what i've noticed is um, we discourage such behavior to a great extent um we call them scatter brains and one of the first figures that comes to my mind when i think of such people is the idiots ka professor you know by this he's probably that professor who is just talking to himself and not really interested in anything else that's going around but the essay says that this is an important trait if you want to work on something bigger so i just want to know from you how do you know such people in life and do they genuinely are they concerned with working on something bigger have you come across an entrepreneur who's working on something such bigger or if you have known people who have contributed to solving of bigger problems as opposed to working on smaller stuff and if you can share something on that those lines for us not in my personal life i don't know of like people you know who have done big stuff but in general in life the time is limited so if you have to do something big it is unlikely that you are going to check all the boxes you know so logically it doesn't seem possible that you know somebody is doing everything and getting something big done but yeah personally i can't think of uh, time for me the times that i have kind of kick started like for example cash relief or was also we almost tricked ourselves into doing it you know me and my founder had been thinking about it for uh, like ages let's do let's do and then you know it's we do just do a very simple thing we just said okay you send a mail to 60 of your guys and i'll send a mail to a 60 of our guys that we are doing this and that's how it started so we just said look we just formed the mail we said we are doing this and that was it and there was no turning back because we sent it to all the people that we know and respect and you know <laughs> and it was out the the arrow was out of the quiver and it had to be shot i mean that, that's it but that's to the payload so just like the packing stuff that you mentioned probably just um, getting out in public and talking about it was something that ended up making sure that you continue doing it and for our listeners i just want to say that cash relief is something that vivek worked on and uh, it's a beautiful project i request all of you to look it up cashrelief.org and it's a project through which they gave cash literal cash to people in remote rural areas and they wanted to see the impact of it and uh, there is recorded evidence of what people do with with no strings attached cash and and it's a social experiment i think all the development sector must look and consider once for themselves thank you for bringing that up vivek that's something that really fascinated me as well that what happens when you actually hand out cash to people and stuff like that so um coming back to the work and the procrastination part of it what has happened lately especially after covid is that the boundaries of work and of at being at home and all have sort of blurred and you are somebody who's managed to to find time for himself and you have deliberately worked on making yourself free for doing whatever you choose to do so what happens to the so called real work or the pressing problems when the boundaries of work and home start blurring or when the world of work starts to change around us just the way it is um, changing in this century i uh, i think this uh, covid essentially what it has done is it has turned the you know home to a kind of a workplace so a lot of people basically are probably not equipped you know to basically handle that even if it's just to have a quiet call or stuff like that so those challenges i think over uh, time will get sorted out you know like some companies are offering help you know you buy a 
cave cubicle, you set up a table and stuff like that. And those little things will be sorted out. But I think there is a very important uh, thing in getting important work done is that you have to make time for it first because you can never fit a big thing later on. There's a beautiful, you know, example of a professor coming to a class and, uh, you know, filling a jar with big rocks and then asking the students, you know, is this filled? And the guy says, yes. So the student says, so I don't know whether, uh, I'll just briefly go over it. So, and then he goes on to fill, you know, small rocks, then sand and then water. And he keeps showing that you can fill more into it. And then he asks the students, what's the lesson? So some students say, look, you can always do more. Uh, but the teacher says, no, that's not the point. The point is that if you didn't put the big rocks first, they won't go in at all. So I think it's very important to schedule your day and your life around the big things in your life. So unless you make time for them, they will never happen. True. Um, I think that's one of the more, one of the first habits of the seven habits that Stephen Covey talks of. And there's a fantastic video, like you mentioned, of this professor. And of course, it's visually, it's very appealing. Unfortunately, through podcast, it's only, we yeah, have true. to leave it imagination of our listeners uh, but uh, big rocks is something that we always regularly talk about to our students staff members and all of it as well because once the small little things of your daily life start piling on ye karna hai, wo karna hai, ye wo, there are so many things that demand your attention that uh, really speaking the important things are left out whether we like it or not so what i want to move on from here is uh, we talk about big rocks we talk talk about how it is important to work on big problems and all that but if you see the the startups or if you see the daily life we are inundated with these productivity tools and apps while all of us know that people who do great things in life don't sit down and dutifully cross off the to-do list like paul mentioned but we are forced to time ourselves we are forced to keep a track of every single day every single hour if you're working in startup, you're expected to give reports of what you did in the day, produce uh, evidences of the productive time that you spent. I also know of organizations where you not only time yourself while you are on the desk, if you are going to take a loo break, you have to switch off the timer and say that I took five minutes off to go to the loo. So in times like these, how does one really reach that zone where you are really productive? And is it really possible for a student who's been raised by this to work for longer hours with concentration? I remember a very beautiful uh, quote by Peter Drucker is that there is nothing more useless than doing efficiently that which would not be done at all. <laughs> that is really a guiding principle of, you know, when you figure out what you want to do. So there is no harm in the tools, right? The tools assume that you have got your list right. Okay. The tools will just help you go through the list. Now, if you are smart, your list would just say, I need to write the book that I've been planning to write and not have anything else on the list. But if you will put all your laundry and uh, cleaning and paying of the bills and taxes on the list, that's what you will do because that's what will cry for your attention. But if you just put two, three big things like launch my startup, write a book or whatever is that you want to do, you know, then you will focus on getting those things done. So I think the problem is not with the tools. It's a, again, as how you use the tools. It depends on what you put on the list. The tools are like uh, 
if you have organizations which are like really really obsessive about time uh, i don't think they are going anywhere in life because most of the organizations that are doing anything worthwhile have moved beyond this timing and things they are going to large chunks of tasks and they say you do it it's up to you so i know organizations like adobe and all they have been for years telling you they give you a slot they give you a time if you do it at an hour the next 15 days are yours i mean they don't care like you know so they are they are pretty okay with giving you blocks of time and figuring out how you want to do it so if it's so the first advice is if you if you're in an atmosphere which is tracking your time just get out of it i mean that is absolutely not healthy <laughs> well that is true for startups and the organized sector i think the non organized or even the smes and all are probably still obsessed with that idea well that is scaling rapidly we are still at a stage where we are constantly recording who is doing what when etc etc but yes you're right uh, somebody that an organization that wants to get big stuff done or wants to make an impact will have to move beyond the the limitations of, of of an office hour and a day and stuff like that while you said that we should just be putting two or three things on the to do list and we should be talking about only those big ideas that we want to work on working today is a challenge honestly interruptions have reached a new height from when this essay on procrastination was written in 2005 today even if people don't interrupt the phone and notifications are a constant there like they are always there to disturb so how do you personally handle interruptions and uh, if you could talk about it from the context of the urgent not urgent matrix or if you could talk about what can a founder or a leader do to not end up hiring the type b procrastinators so that the entire company doesn't reverberate at that same level i think uh, i tried everything about this i tried not having a smartphone keeping a smartphone and a feature phone so just keeping a feature phone when i'm out with you know for stuff where i don't need a smartphone but ultimately i think some simple things that work is that you kind of need to keep your phone on silent most of the time unless you are you know expecting an emergency or stuff like that and or you can set it up to ring from just certain numbers and all but other than that i think there's so much going around and uh, so you you need to be a little more disciplined there's no other way personally like i'm i'm not on facebook i keep going on and off whatsapp because beyond a time you know you just can't help yourself out of a 550 contact somebody would want to say hi to you at that point in time so it's better just to you know be off it so uh, i faced it myself so if you're on facebook and you get it in an argument with your friend you pretty much the whole day goes he'll say something you'll say something i'll say something it just goes on and on and on like so and it gets nowhere so i think those mediums are best avoided like or done in like very specific time slots or if you really want to be in touch and etc so while i agree to this and uh, i know a lot of people are trying to be off social media platforms like you off facebook and all that to my listeners i just want to share a snippet that when i wanted to look up vivek and know more about him i reached out and i said if you could share your linkedin profile or something and he ends up telling me that he's deleted it just a few days ago so not having facebook is one thing but going on and off whatsapp deleting linkedin i think it brings about that ability to have razor sharp focus and to be able to say that i will only work on that which is important and leave the noise out but uh, a lot of us still need to develop that courage vivek where we too can take that step so 
yeah you also talked about the the ted talk by tim urban which talks about uh, procrastination and you spoke about how you you have taken uh, this up with a few of the organizations startups that you worked with could you share a little bit about that and and compare and contrast it with the essay in which paul talks of procrastination in a slightly different manner i think uh, although the talk is like really brilliant for you know even kids and my my kids loved it and they got it immediately you know because they could relate to what's going on so that is talking about uh, a large part of that talk is really about that instant gratification part of it you know you know stuff which is far off and tough to see the results of uh are tough to do which paul graham also uh, talks about in the essay but in the in the last part of the talk even uh, he talks about you know the the dangerous procrastination about the big things that you want to do but you don't get done so i think they pretty much converge where that is concerned you know because he says that that's where your life is going to change mm. or these are the big things or as in the urgent versus important matrix the not urgent but important stuff which nobody gets to is where your life's orbit can change you know i have this theory that quantum theory you know has that if you if an electron has to change an orbit it needs a quantum lump, jump of energy it cannot do it in small steps things which are going to change the life trajectory or it's going to change you from orbit a to b you need a quantum leap so to do a quantum leap you need quantum time you cannot do it some things can't be done in half an hour a day they need a time slot of 3 hours a day so a lot of people i know across the globe you know who i read about and read up everybody says that for the big stuff they have carved out the time like i invest with a fund manager in the us and uh, he says that he has figured out that he loves writing and that's the only way to remain sane So he gets up at four to six a.m. in the morning. He writes, and he says, "When that's done, I feel good about the day and everything goes smoothly." Wow! There is a very interesting book by called Brian Tracy. It's called "Eat the Frog." So it says that you do your most important thing, which will make your day a success, the first thing in the day. So no matter what happens, you have you have a good day. So you do the most tough part. first okay lots of things to unpack over there i think that's very rightly said that if you begin your day right uh, there's so much that that one day can pack up so yeah at the end of the day it all boils down to how much clarity you have how much self awareness you have and uh, how much of it thereafter you can put into practice but a lot of us go through the grind of life never really taking a pause and looking at priorities and and looking at the entire schedule and saying that what is it we really want to dedicate ourselves to i think there are two important questions which i have figured out which help me a lot if you want to figure out whether a task is important or not you figure out look doing this change my life drastically yes no okay. or second is will i remember this thing after 3 or 4 years the first one will tell you what's important and the second one will tell you which is not important you know like so uh, may i slightly disagree here what you're saying while in principle it is true that we need to know whether it is important or unimportant but i just want to understand 
what happens to the small uh, stuff or the rigor part of anything so whether it is say investing so reading up on say certain companies reading up on what is value investing yeah. or doing the so called boring mundane work that is a part of any profession no, so that's that something is, but that is important because if you, if you don't do that that's not going to change the your quality but that would clearly come in the it's not about whether it's boring or not the point is is it going to help you get ahead in your big goals or not okay that's what i mean so, not, not exactly whether it's boring or interesting or passionate that's not the that's not the touchstone here the touchstone is is it going to further your goals or is it not going to matter you know so yes so looking at it from the lens of uh, of saying that whether this is in sync with the larger vision i have for life or whether this is something that's just a digression or something exactly. that's just keeping exactly true. that's an interesting way to look at things moving forward uh, he talks about the richard hamilton's theory where paul says that uh, you know which are the most important problems in life and richard hamilton's essay which he talks about in in his own essay is also a speech rather not the essay is also fantastic and any of our listeners who are ambitious must 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 read up that speech of his i will also put that in the show notes but uh, richard hamming asks which are the most important things in the uh, in your field and who is why are you not working on that in that context vivek i'd want to know from you because you are also interested in social change as an important factor and all which are the most important problems that india is facing at this moment people or organizations anybody who is working on those important problems and if no one is particularly working on that important problem why not okay so on a broad level i think there is one overarching thing which india and large part of the world has to tackle now is inequality and uh, that's going to really come back and bite us very very soon is my you know outlook because the inequality across economic political social landscapes is phenomenal i mean it's just not funny anymore and if you see the kind of protests that are taking place the world over i think the anger is brewing you know whether it was black lives matter whether it's the russian protest a couple of days back whether it's the farmers protest in india or certain the ca protests or whatever you call it so the the people are voicing their concerns more vocally so that is something which india really needs to tackle big time and one thing which i have personally worked on and is timely justice or the lack of it in india according to me a developed society without stringent rule of law is just not going to happen absolutely and i spent a lot of time on this i've met even a high court judge regarding this and it's a really really sticky problem really really hard with no clear solutions so i think to find a solution to any problem there has to be intent and there has to be ability so i think it's a bit of lack of both here uh, from the people who have the you know power or so called thing to do but uh, i really don't know which is which you know something is really hard so nobody has a solution so nobody takes a stab at it so it's a tough one to call i inequality i really don't know of anybody who's systematically working at it justice also i know no nobody who is working of it so i really can't be of much help there so 
justice system i think is uh, is something that everything boils down yes. to i personally also believe that if we really want to curb india's problems at a systemic level uh, we first need to fix our justice system because everything seems yes. to uh, seems to go down that way you know and once it is in the law courts and that and it is just lingering out there it brings in uh, so much inequality and so much disarray into the existing yes. system so very truly pointed out out there that um, the biggest problem india facing at this moment is um, inequality and the lack of immediate and and uh, transparent justice system hmm. see sometimes you know you have to be pragmatic you know we have this concept of you know uh, extreme accuracy so to call of and that we have gone to uh, levels which are not same you know a 10 rupees case cannot take the same time as a murder case you know so we are so somehow we have lost that in our country you know both are treated with the same regard even a 10 rupee like sbi will litigate even a 500 rupee case right up to the supreme court you know just because they can and they can pay their fees you know yeah yeah sbi is capable of it okay thank you for that insight vivek you are an avid investor you study the equities and the market and all of that and in the essay paul talks about you know planting the acorns where you can eventually hope for the oak trees and all to grow up and all so could you share a little more about about the acorns that you have planted that you hope will grow into oak trees over a period of time how did you go about it i think uh, what you mentioned that in the first 5 year you took out 5 years to say that i would want to work without a timeline and all and uh, your certain investments have helped you elongate that so if you could share more about that for our listeners i don't know about uh, you know whether it's okay to talk about specific investments uh, from a you know, legal or regulatory standpoint uh, so but yeah some startups have also done well and uh, equity investment i generally do very very conservative so i'm i look for value in situations where you know there is time on my hand or something is changing and that worked from like about 2012 to 2014 15 but then one position i had an oversized position so i got over confidence was there so that went south so it's a learning process uh, about you know uh, see another reason i don't want to talk about individual investment is because you know some people listening just might take it out of context because i might say something and i might just sell it the next day so it doesn't make you can understand that if you could also talk in terms of industries or in terms of uh, your past anything that uh, but that's okay i i get that currently i'm for 2021 22 i'm going the extreme diversified route like so i think we are living in very very uncertain times so i have moved a significant part of my wealth up outside india so i am investing in the us markets and i have gold silver i have a bit of crypto so i am like super diversified i am looking at hang seng also so that's i am diversifying like mad so it's like so if i get killed in this i'll it will not be for lack of diversification at least so no i'm sure it will happen Great uh, that I shared that. I'm sure diversification is something that all investors and I believe all startup founders also must look at in terms of uh, looking at various options that are available to them to solve any particular problem. Moving forward from there, um, I have a few rapid fire questions for you, Vivek. If sure. you are ready for that. Sure. All right. 
a big problem that you have shied away from timely justice i took a stab but uh, it didn't work but i i think i should have persisted longer a company that comes to your mind when you think of small things or small work that they have done that could grow into big things or that grew into big things protsahan it's an okay. ngo and what is it that you they worked on if you can share they work on uh, healing of children coming from families of sex workers or child abuse and stuff like that so i'm personally involved with them so i like their work wow okay and errand that you always procrastinate about taxes filing taxes <laughs> you mentioned that your yeah, taxes and <laughs> packing up for travel okay the riskiest investment bet that you took that paid off starting up of, a, of on my own okay. choosing to to not be bound by the by the need of being there presently for the business true covid lockdowns to procrastinators were like were like a like like so they got more reasons to procrastinate i guess okay and if you could go back in time uh, you would do what i would uh, watch less tv and exercise more <laughs> i think all our children definitely and adults i believe now but they definitely need to take this advice so with that uh, vivek i would just want to thank you for giving us your time for this essay and it was a pleasure speaking to you and i'm sure our listeners would be happy to know more and for all of you who want to know more about the work vivek does uh, head off to startupfundas.com and uh, i'm sure you would love to know more about his work thank you thank you so much vivek for being thank here thank you vinay thanks for having me thank you if you have something to add to this or have questions for our guest or simply want to leave a note of thanks head straight to twitter.com/amaraventures and last but not the least thank you paul for your consistent relentless and resourceful essays thank you <laughs>